0: Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombs show presented by Paddy Power Fantasy coming to you from Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. What, 30 minutes after the Kansas City Chiefs have done it again? A remarkable comeback from Patrick Mahomes and co. They looked done and dusted, but they pulled it out of the flames and the Kansas City Chiefs are the champions after a long and exhilarating season, 100 season of the NFL. Andy Reid has finally, Nicky Bandini, got that Super Bowl ring that we all were willing him, I think, well that's neutrals anyway, willing him to get.
1: Yeah, it was was rubbish, wasn't it? Boring game, (laughs) nothing (laughs) happened. What a letdown. Yeah, huge letdown. Oh, oh, what what an incredible ending. Um, Absolutely with you on Andy Reid and um, sometimes sort of feel like you shouldn't say these things in, in the name of impartiality, but it's hard not to... To sort of feel positively for people, it doesn't mean that you're, you know, leaning one way or the other when the game's right. on. But of yeah. course, with you know, as a story and as an individual who just seems to bring so much warmth to his profession, like it's such a, um, you know, a hard thing to explain. But I think that when you look at what he's gone through personally, obviously losing his um, son a few years ago, yeah. and then you sort of just hear from any of his players, when you hear from any of his players, you know, when it was at Philadelphia, it was in Kansas City, about the person that he is and the way that he is with them and um, I think just the sort of environment that he brings to the sport it seems to be—I mean, certainly a hard-working one. He's, you know, he's notorious for the yeah. hours that he spends. Um, Even by about. head coaching standards, he's right. Like, yeah, I, don't true. Know, I don't know what time he got here today, but I know at Chiefs home games he's sort of been known to get there at four thirty in the morning. Yeah, and he right. jokes about it because at four thirty in the morning the tailgate's already going, and he you know, talks about the burgers he smells <laughs> at four thirty in the morning. Um, but, uh, but 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 he—you know—he has earned this. I think if there is a narrative that I really hate in in sport, um and certainly in, in this sport, it's when you have someone like Andy Reid who has one and one and one and people will just sort of go, Yes, but he, he won't do it in the playoffs. Yes. And you think, you know, how are you going to measure someone? Are you going to measure someone by yes, you know, in those playoff games there have been some um some questionable um, questionable, clock questionable time yeah. exactly, clock management. And in this game there are a couple of points where you're thinking you could do Here better on it. Yeah. But I mean The idea that he wasn't a Hall of Fame coach before this, the idea that he wasn't one of the absolute um, best that the NFL's ever had, the idea that somehow this was a character flaw in him, not winning in the playoffs. I mean, look, up until now, he's had some quarterbacks who are serviceable quarterbacks, right? Donovan McNabb's a serviceable quarterback. Alex Smith is a serviceable quarterback, although he never looked as good with anyone else he did with Andy Reid. This is the first time Andy Reid has had a really great quarterback, and guess what? It's the first time Andy Reid has won a Super Bowl.
0: I think all of that is fair. Maybe with McNabb, I'd say, well, I'd put him on a level above Alex Smith, but I take your point, yeah, you're not on the same level but I mean, as Donovan
1: McNabb, I think if you wanted to point the finger at someone for not winning that Super Bowl,
0: it was Donovan McNabb a long way before it was Andy Reid. Sure. Yeah, well exactly, <laughs> this is where the point when it goes out of your hands, and we'll get into that when we talk yeah. about... Carl Shanahan and his play calling, and when things were very much in his hands, it's out of a coach's hands, and in uh, it, it has to rely on the players executing. And that, of course, that that Super Bowl three points, at a fine margin, and McNabb said, you know, all the story about was he ill? Was you know, was there uh, contributing factors to what went wrong? You're right. It was McNabb who ultimately. It wasn't, have won the play, the it wasn't the play calling; like it was they, the they, they had the opportunities yeah.
1: to win that game over and over again. They had yeah. the opportunities to win that game.
0: So um, Reed finally gets it done, and I completely agree with you that doing it uh, in the Super Bowl in this particular year, in the way that he did, the team that he's built is incredibly special. But
1: we he, have to talk about Mahomes now. I'm sorry; like I'm sat here and like we're talking about Reed, and, and it's a lovely story. But like the last few minutes of that game that's the Mahomes. Like, that's what we've been waiting
0: for. Like, that's... Did you doubt... Was there any point that you thought, OK, because we were talking on the live broadcast we were yeah. doing about uh, this is possibly the worst performance we've seen Patrick Mahomes ever have. And this wasn't a solitary opinion. This seemed to be a yeah. collective opinion. The 49ers were phasing him, were getting to him. They were executing the game plan defensively perfectly. The front four were getting that pressure quickly. It was enabling, or rather preventing the Chiefs getting those uh, man mismatches they wanted to everything was going to plan pretty much and he looked rattled yeah I mean look I I think that the pressure of course the pressure was there but
1: I think what was striking about it is that even when he wasn't under pressure early in the game he was just throwing the ball off target yeah he was just throwing poorly
0: and Of course. Do you think his
1: rhythm was being
0: disrupted because of the speed of the the front four?
1: Of course. Of course I'm not trying to sort of take away what San Francisco were doing because San Francisco had great schemes. They had good pressure quickly. I mean, the very first pass is tipped by Bosa and that sets a tone. Yeah. But I just feel like you then turn it around and you look at what happens in those last few minutes. And, I mean there were a couple of plays on those last I and mean, not the last last drive but you know the, the two drives that turned it around where it's that Mahomes thing of well he's there and, and then he's not anymore he, he's, he dematerializes like in the pocket and then he's <laughs> yeah, there yeah. and and that's that's the difference that's what Mahomes is that's why Mahomes isn't Donovan McNabb isn't just another good quarterback he's Patrick freaking Mahomes yeah and I just um,
0: it it, it and that you clutch know, run as well, I which I was got- worried
1: about it, because, like, you know, actually, like, I had a very specific parallel that I think hasn't been talked about that much this week. Maybe it has a bit, but um in all the sort of talking about Mahomes, there's been this presumption that he's going on to have this great, great career. Like, yeah. There's, there's been a presumption, I think, even if he lost this game, he's still going to be back here soon, soon enough. Yeah. But there's, like, this parallel that started to feel so vivid to me in this game, in this stadium of all mm. stadiums, with Dan Marino. Right. Like, so... Dan Marino, in his second year uh, as a starter, like Patrick Mahomes, goes to the Super Bowl. He's won a league MVP. Yeah. He's thrown for 5,000 yards and 48 touchdowns. You know, um, last season, Mahomes threw 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. Yeah. Both of them, like, these record-breaking in the same way. And when that second interception happens... Go back and check Marino's, um, uh, that one Super Bowl. He basically got in a hole in the second half through two interceptions and that was it. That yeah. was, that was the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is, this is literally history repeating itself. Um, but it didn't because to an extent that even, um, someone as great as Marino wasn't, like, Mahomes is just uncontainable for a mm. whole game, it feels like. And I said this all week, like, I just, Whatever happens, win or lose, for the Chiefs, I can't see it not being a close game because Mahomes simply won't be contained for the whole game. And I got to the point in this game where I, I, I no longer believed it. I yes. thought it was I thought it was over. Yeah. And and then it it starts and once it starts I mean, it's, it's easy and you can do this with every Super Bowl. I mean, you can do this with all of Tom Brady's six Super Bowls. You can point to individual plays and go, well, actually, like, we've sort of painted it as this inevitable narrative, but you take this one play and right. yeah, things yeah. could look different. And the Travis Kelsey pass interference in the end zone, yep. of course. Yeah. But didn't it just feel like the air had changed already? Like something had inside the stadium, the 49ers were drowning. Like it was, it was happening. Like it was, it was going away from underneath them and and that was Mahomes. As far as I'm concerned, that was Mahomes. It,
0: he had a little help from his friends, of course, as well. And I think Damian Williams could feel aggrieved, if that's not overstating it, to not be named MVP. Certainly he had a, had a shout at that. Sammy Watkins as well yeah. stepped up when it counted. Well, I mean, about two quarters, in, maybe not two quarters, but midway through the second quarter of this game,
1: um, I'm thinking, but Breland's going to be the issue. Yeah, you know, like the first drive he makes this i thought low-key will be forgotten about unbelievable play to get off george kittle's block and go and, and gobble up a, yeah. a, a screenplay that could have gone somewhere then he gets the interception and i sort of felt like journalist hat on i'm like looking around the stadium and thinking how many people in the stadium are right now going like what have i got to say about <laughs> <laughs> if, this becomes, oh boy. if this becomes the story see, i nabbed him
0: at opening um, night on monday so i'd have been fine um
1: but you know, like a guy and that's, you know that I mean that actually cuts to the to the core of this sport because mm. you know, and I'm guilty of it, I've just done it. Like we have I think it was in all the sort of billing of this game, you know, it was almost like you were putting one man, yes, Mahomes, against yeah. a team. Yeah. Like that was the narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is a man and this is a team. And of course it isn't really that, because of course they're not in the game if there aren't all these other players on the field and doing these things. And you're right. I think in many ways, when we take a step back and, and look in a detached way, you might say, should the MVP go to someone who for three and a half quarters was fundamentally not good? Yes. Just because for the last half of a quarter he was brilliant I mean I might still say yes because what is most valuable what's most valuable yeah. is your quarterback can deliver when he absolutely has to so that means you're but Damian Williams had a better game all around he like were- he did a better you know he was a more steady performer I think you could say
0: yes no doubt and Following your logic through then if you look at that the microcosm of that versus Eli Manning's career—that means Eli Manning is <laughs> a definite all-favor. Well,
1: I mean, no, it's not. No, I, but that's I agree. Different. To, that's what I mean. You it? know, this is—I mean, this is a semantic thing that we can get into. But most valuable player—what does that mean? Most valuable, and that's why I actually really dislike it as an award because, in my yeah. mind, most valuable player—it's almost baked in. It's going to be a quarterback. Yes. Nine times out of
0: ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because
1: they're the player who touches the ball most. That's just as simple as that. Like, they, you know, they are the most
0: valuable. Well, speaking of which, speaking of which, if this is not too, uh, cute, uh, a segue onto the 49ers offense and, and Jimmy Garoppolo, who did get to see the ball a hell of a lot more yes. than he had in the last couple of games. And again, we're talking of big narratives going into this week. And you're right, Mahomes was, was the headline act. And that is this, is it, Not to be underestimated when you're talking about the magnitude of Super Bowl week, you know, to be the main event individually in in a week like this, that takes some going. Garoppolo, of course, all week long, for all the wrong reasons, was getting a lot of attention, inevitably being compared and contrasted uh, unfavorably. And there was, I think, a fairly divided opinion about this. There was a camp, probably the majority of people saying, look, he's not up to it. At the end of the day, he's not up to marshalling a team when they need him to do that, exactly as you've brilliantly described the way Mahomes did. And it's not fair, maybe, to compare him to Mahomes, because I don't think there are many quarterbacks like Mahomes, but he's not even close to being able to do that. Then the flip side of that, where people are saying, hang on a minute, look at the numbers, look at his career as a 49er in totality. Injury notwithstanding, he's had a terrific record. He has shown comeback wins, shootout wins. He can air the ball if he needs to. This idea that he is going to be out of his depth if the 49ers need to rely on him is a, a, an acute example of recency bias. Yeah, of course. What do you make of Garoppolo's performance? Because he's getting a lot of criticism, and uh, clearly there were moments of the Sanders uh, miss, which I think was, an Oli, our producer, was saying, before we started recording this and that was that was the moment in the game changed its trajectory if that had connected and they had scored they probably would have gone on and won it and that was on so yeah that's a great point he had that's technical uh, shortcomings but at the same time wasn't really necessarily helped by most of his colleagues and certainly his coach in the same way Mahomes was
1: well I mean well i interested to hear what you think on, on the coach specifically because I, I think that for a lot of this game, I would have said that Carl Shanahan is winning. You know, Carl Shanahan. Is, I mean, they were literally winning, but he was you know, he was coming up with the the smarter offensive play calls, the the sort of the the repeated uses of reverses to uh, to good effect. Um, but I mean, on Garoppolo, I think the problem is is the same problem that has sort of hung over him this whole season, which is so many things he does well mm. and I don't think his performance was sort of universally bad here but mm. he has these moments of inaccuracy that are quite uncomfortable
0: quite jarring like you, yeah and, and totally inconsistent with a lot of the way he plays or the way he plays a lot of the time exactly like and and some you know I mean
1: the pre-interception is you know is disrupted it's, yeah. it's not um, it's not completely just a, a clean throw but yeah. but some of those throws you look at and you think you really shouldn't you just shouldn't be making that throw you 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 should be better than that. You are better
0: than that, and um, he's still—you know—we forget he's still a relatively inexperienced coach. Yeah. And I know that might be a, a slightly absurd argument when we've talked about Mahomes uh, in, in the manner that we have. But again, I guess we're talking about Mahomes here at—you yeah. know—at at once in a it, generation start. Yeah, I mean, it is an
1: unfair—it is an unfair comparison, and. You know, yes, recency bias and getting caught up in it. I, and I I do believe that Mahomes is something really special. Yeah. And by the way, so was Dan Marino. Dan Marino, yeah. despite never winning a Super Bowl, despite never going yeah. to another one, was still an incredible
0: player. Well, it goes back to our, our point right at the top about Andy Reid, right? I mean, Reno yeah. is probably the, well, post-tonight, you know, the player arguably closest to to uh, the Andy Reid argument. Of course, as you yes, rightly say, he's an all-of-fame totally. coach. He's an yeah. all-of-fame player just cause he didn't win win a ring. Okay. Back to your question about Shanahan. And I think it's a fair point you make. I think, uh, and again, I'm not talking in, I hope I wasn't going to come across in too binary terms saying he he had a bad night, but clearly 49ers fans are frustrated with a couple of things specifically. The first, I think, was how he handled the situation before halftime. And I actually think in that respect, I kind of understand his caution there. He knew he was getting the ball back. Um, And he thought, uh, if we have a quick three and out here, I think Ross Tucker, our friend, was making this point on social media. If memory serves me in the blur of the last four or five hours, but yeah. if he'd, um uh, if they'd gone three and out quickly, then Reed would have had, uh, a, you know, a, a, the Chiefs had a shot at getting something on the board before half time, which would have been, you know, in, in entirely the wrong momentum killer to, to go into the locker room with. But it was really towards the end of the game when uh, he seemed to deviate from what had been successful for the majority of the season. again, not just obsessing about what happened in the last two games, but they ran the ball, I think, second most in the entire NFL. This Mm -hmm. is what worked. And he seemed to to move away from that. If you compare it to the Houston Super Bowl, which inevitably we are, right? And, And what happened then? There was... The general consensus about that Super Bowl is that as the Falcons coordinator, he was overtly conservative in the final stages of the game, in the fourth quarter of the game. But there was one moment when he wasn't when he forced the issue and tried to put the Patriots completely to bed and called a play because this was very very typical of how he'd been uh, slicing and dicing teams all season long and Matt Ryan took the sack got them out of field goal range and to me that was almost uh, more of a concern well as significant I should say than what happened after that and and the avert conservatism that came in. So it, it was in his head definitely again this time around, I think. I think he was doing the opposite this time. He was rather than saying, no, we're going to run the ball because that's how we got here. He did the opposite. Now, you can overanalyze these things. And maybe and it would be very interesting to see when we get a chance to analyze stuff again and watch game film again. And when our emotions are a bit calmer, try and work out and listen to what he's got to say about that okay. as well. But right now, Nikki, the 49ers fans, really frustrated with their coach and and the and the plays that he called towards the end of the game
1: yeah and i i mean this this does enter into that territory of of damned if you do and damned if you don't because i think that a criticism that has been easy to level at um everyone who's played um kansas city certainly in this playoff run in case people forget you know the chiefs have Trailed by double digits in every game so far in the playoff run. In fact, according to NFL research, they're the first team um, to uh, win a Super Bowl after doing that in every game in the postseason. Like it's, it's, it's a thing. And I think mm. that you've certainly heard the criticism um, after those uh, defeats for the Texans and for the Titans. Oh, you know, you you needed to put your foot on the neck. You needed to to to, to sort of drive it home because you know that the Chiefs sooner or later are going to score points. Yes. And so I can see why Shanahan. I can see how you get into a headspace of second-guessing yourself. Mm. You know, if we if we run the ball here and, and run it three times and and, and that's it, and, and we have to give the ball back, yeah, then we're going to get killed for not taking a shot at trying to to force the issue. Yeah, but I mean, I am still inclined to agree with you that yeah, you do what you're doing well, and that has been what they've been doing well. I think that was sort of the great mystery though coming into this game was. How much is Garoppolo being held back deliberately because they don't trust him? Yes. And how much is it just no? You yeah. know, when you've got Ramos at r- rushing for three hundred yards on his own, you don't need to bother. Right. But yeah, with hindsight, and it's always with hindsight, it's easy to to, to look at that and
0: go maybe they should have. In terms of experience at the Hard Rock Stadium, and you and I have covered quite a few games over the years, and, and latterly, of course, particularly in typically brand new state-of-the-art stadiums bigger than this all new and shiny and, and you know the hard rock scene a number of incarnations but certainly not rough around the edges but it's a different kind of feel isn't it smaller more intimate uh, I'll tell you what
1: it feels right now which has caught me off guard is it feels really flipping cold now yeah. I wasn't ready for that I Do thought jacket? <laughs> Miami Miami weather was going to stay warm all night and it's not um, yeah it is a different vibe it's got um, it's got a very particular I don't know in the, and I mean this As a good thing Because I think This is always a trait That I like in the stadium It feels very Miami Yeah I think Miami Has a certain I'm not going to be able To express this As well as I want to But I can almost say it like a certain Faded glory to yeah, it yeah, Like yeah. it has this sort of I don't know, it's a, almost a look in the colours, which are this, everywhere is everywhere, you know, in town, it's got this sort of salmon pink and green going on that, yeah. that feels kind of dated. Yes. Like at some point you were like, at some point this was, you know, new cool, whereas yes. now it's like, it's still cool because it's harkening back to something cool. It's was got a kitsch cool.
0: factor, yeah, nostalgia factor.
1: And I think the stadium reflects that. I, I think yeah. that's the best way I can describe it. It's, it's not... Um, you know, if I was to make my list of my stadiums that I most want to be in, in in the NFL, it's probably not number one. But it's got a charm to it. It's got an appeal. It's not. It's not a.
0: Uh, definitely not a bad place to have a Super Bowl. It's a nice place to have a Super Bowl. Um, we're looking out now. We're still up uh, high in the press box, and uh, the stadium's emptied out. All the fans, the press are, are still here. Some of them, anyway, finishing off, uh, finishing off their work, and a lot of people still on the field. The glitter, the confetti, uh, strewn all over that. Uh, the place milling around and I would say there's maybe uh, a thousand or still here doing that thing and press conferences going on down below of course and uh the the post mortem as far as the forty nine is are concerned and the celebration as far as the Chiefs are concerned will roll on uh into the night and of course early doors tomorrow the um the press is what are they usually about half eight eight forty five an need, ungodly hour I need to know that because I'm
1: supposed to be <laughs> yeah, there
0: yeah, and right. the
1: answer is I don't know <laughs> I, I'm at that point where I'm like yeah I'll, I'll, I'll have to get back into my room and, and check where I'm supposed to be in the morning which of course will be um, nevertheless less uh, of a pain in the morning I imagine than for Mahomes um, himself who I don't doubt is not often the case, will not have gone to bed by the time we... Unlikely. ...by the time we do think, press conference. I think it's unlikely. I always wonder if that's why they do it that way. If it's just like, you know what, they're going to go out and have a nice time and you don't want to organise it for midday because at that point they really would have run out of steam and want to go to bed. Yeah. Or Whereas if you just really do it first steamy, thing, yeah. like they're just still going to be up yeah. and like... Because it's, I mean, it's an annual tradition. Like, the, the, the guys show up, the head coach and the MVP, and they are always... Looking very much like two people who've not returned to bed since the game.
0: Yeah, what I always, I don't wonder what this is tomorrow as well. With Andy Reid, maybe not. Uh, but Pete Carroll definitely did this, and I think pretty much everyone drives the. I'm already thinking about next season. Like with only, you know, you're only the half joke. You know, you probably are. You probably are already thinking about. Well, next they season. might
1: be. I mean, I really hope that uh, they're also thinking about what they're going to go back to in Kansas City. I have to say, mm. this is, um, you know. I'm sure a lot of listeners already know this. Some some who know me well, some who won't, some who don't won't. But I lived in Missouri for a couple yeah. of years. Missouri, by the way, is the home state for the Kansas City Chiefs. I believe that the president of the United States got that wrong in a tweet that he sent out right after the game, uh, congratulating the people say? of Kansas, which is uh, a different state. Incredible. Um, for incredible. those who don't know the geography, Kansas City sort of straddles two states, but the stadium, the team, is based on the Missouri side. Um, so I lived <laughs> in Missouri, and I, I you know, I... I have uh, sort of some connection still to that that place, and you know, Kansas City is a great. Um, it's a great NFL city. Like mm. it's it's a it's a city that that loves this sport and this team. Mm. That has weathered half a century yeah. waiting for this return to this game. Um, that you know you could go to games there when it was at a much much lower ebb and still have found the stadium full and the tailgate absolutely thriving on game day. Yeah, um, there's going to be a a good celebration going on back there right now I imagine and I'm pretty sure there'll be a big one coming when they get back there as well the,
0: the fans were absolutely brilliant tonight yeah. I thought I mean really
1: I mean I thought it was a real moment at the beginning of the game and again people who've seen games at the, uh, the Chiefs stadium will know this but during the National Anthem Chiefs fans yeah. will always end yeah. it by going <laughs> yeah. and the home of the Chiefs Yeah. and there's something about that happening at a Super Bowl because it's that line of like it's amazing like fan culture but also, this is a country that, you know, has a very high value placed on patriotism. And I always yeah. wonder if some people are going to be quite upset by that. Yes, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so it happening in a Super Bowl was quite something.
0: Yeah, it's I, a really I good point. I have to say I
1: really enjoyed it. But of course, um, you know, I'm not American and don't have any attachment yeah. to that anthem. So I don't know if some people would feel differently.
0: me. It, it was... Uh it, it was a, a definitely a moment that was, okay, these guys are, are, and really kind of struck home that how much they're outnumbering the 49ers fans yeah. as well. I mean, which was impossible to tell to, to make it red. Yeah. <laughs> Right, right. Um, but I reckon, well, they heavily, heavily cheese. Yeah. It wasn't just they were the most vocal. And I thought this all week, actually, just rolling around, that it felt that like there were more cheese fans here. But you can be surprised then. And 49 Forty Nines fans coming in late. Uh, by the lick of it the the chiefs fans were outnumbering them both in terms of numbers and vocally as yeah. well uh, it was I mean it was definitely
1: vocally it was it was very much uh, the feel of a, a chiefs home game of course the longer the game went on with the Chiefs in a difficult spot you know the 49 fans were here they were still making noise they, they got louder but I thought that um, I thought that at the beginning and I wondered how much of an impact it could have and the game went in a way that it didn't seem to have an impact but maybe it did at the end maybe mm. at the end when San Francisco you know needed to stop the slide yeah this place
0: was loud yeah it was, it was. really really loud yeah
1: um the Chiefs again you know not to harp on it but Arrowhead is there was a time where it was like this sort of ongoing story because someone kept going and measuring but it was back and forth with Seattle for the loudest stadium yeah. not just in the NFL but like loudest sports stadiums in the world they were sort of ranking them against and uh yeah arrowhead is it shouldn't be it's like an outdoor stadium with kind of a bowl but it's it's loud these are loud fans
0: great story that uh, ollie was showing me uh via jason Kander, the journalist a few weeks back my homes and his girlfriend were having dinner at a pizza place near their home Uh, everyone recognized them but nobody interrupted them during the meal they paid the bill and went to leave and nobody was jumping up and asking for a selfie or an autograph or anything my uh, Mahomes apparently stopped at the door, turned back, and everyone looked up, and he said to the whole restaurant, thanks for letting us enjoy our dinner. This is why I love Kansas City. You guys are awesome. Uh, after he left, it was revealed that he'd paid for everybody. Well, they paid for everybody's bill. So- no way. <laughs> what a
1: legend. That's cool. What a legend. I mean, he has got... It's exciting. Like, I know we've already talked about him, but just, you know, just to sort of reiterate it, like, this is exciting because we've had... An incredible, incredible league story in Tom Brady. And we've had his rivalry for a time with Peyton Manning. And these characters have dominated for so long. And we will definitely look back on those and think, wow, what a privilege to live through that era and that things. But it does get, after a while, repetitive. Right. And this feels like, oh, a new door has been opened. This feels like the beginning of something. This feels like, okay, we've got a whole new story that's going to have you know years ahead of it
0: and not just mahomes of course in this weekend lamar jackson named mvp yeah. the mahomes successor uh, and so you're right it seems to be the next generation uh, of the now generation certainly patrick mahomes tonight winning his first super bowl and his first mvp you just got to wonder how many more are to come it is the end of the 2019 season always strange to say that when we're into 2020 but we are rolling on uh, all through the offseason. At least once a week we're dropping episodes. And uh, when we get to key things like free agency and the draft, we're going to be uh, ramping that up and uh, dropping more stuff, lots of video content as well. So just the time for me to wrap things up as I'm looking over the final stages of Super Bowl 54 here as people still milling around about all around us. Thanks to you, Nikki. Thanks to everybody that uh, has been on the show this season. It's been a brilliant week in Miami. We've had an absolute blast here and made a lot of new friends and really enjoyed that. Uh, And most importantly, thanks to everybody at home for uh, supporting us, listening to the show. Uh, Those of you who've asked questions, got in touch, reacted on social media, we massively appreciate that as well. At the NC Show, and so don't need to do that, if you want to do that, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And, of course, none of this would have been possible without our terrific headline sponsors paddy power fantasy with us all season long really appreciate their support uh, and backing wouldn't be able to do it without them so saluting you from all the way over here uh, in miami how about we do it all again well we will do probably later on this week we're dropping definitely later on this week dropping episode thursday friday we will work it out we'll let you know on social and then we're going to be dropping episodes as i say weekly through the off season so we'll see you then bye for now. Podcast Network.